That's what yeah. me and you were discussing it. I don't even think it was on the pod. I think we were just talking um, about why I'd never considered Carson Wentz an MVP. Like, oh, well, he was that season. No, he wasn't because the team was just as good without him. Like that's that's the, that's what the whole award is: most valuable player. And if you take Carson Wentz off the Eagles that year, they win the chip. You take Lamar Jackson off the Ravens this year, they're the Lions. Don't bother me, I'm working. 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 Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're having a wonderful day. It's another great day to discuss other people's excellence. I am the unforgettable one himself, Mr. Brett Carroll. Charles is always daydreaming, and we're two guys that like BSing at work. Uh, we were, you know, we we're going to start the show with Odell Beckham going to the Rams. It was, you know, a big deal. We, we, we were debating whether we should do this on Monday. We said, no, 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 no. We got to watch the debut. We got to see what happens because if he goes off, it's crazy. But, you know, he had a, you know, he had two catches for 18 yards, whatever. So, like, oh, damn, show's ruined. Ah, but wait a minute. That's not the only storyline that happened over the weekend. Because for you see, the Carolina Panthers season was dead in the water. They had nowhere to go. Their, their quarterback, Sam Darnold, was playing terrible. And then he got hurt. And they said, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? But then somebody said, wait a minute. Look, Mommy. It's a bird. It's a plane. Oh, wait a minute. Oh my it's not anybody. Faster than a speeding bullet. Can jump over high, tall buildings. Stronger than a locomotive. Yes. It is the return of Supercam. That's right. Superman is back. Cam freaking Newton. If, you're not, if you can't see Brad, he has a Steelers hoodie on while he's doing all this. And he's acting out the Superman thing. Back on the Panthers, where he should have never left. Duh. After now, all your failures, where did it bring you back? And, back and now, and not only did he come back, but unlike Odell, he had an immediate impact. First, yes, they brought him back on, like, the one-yard line. Oh, 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 oh. Don't don't ruin a good story with the, with the facts. The point <laughs> of the matter is this: first snap, touchdown. Oh my! Snap, touchdown. Understand that Cam Newton brought the swagger back to Carolina, and all is well in Pantherland. They've won two straight after losing five straight after winning their first three games. So I don't I don't know what the hell is going on with the Panthers. They they seem to either just go on. Winning streaks or losing streaks. But sure enough, they're back at five and five. If the playoffs were to start today, they are the seven seed. So they're still in the playoffs as of as we speak. And once again, they have an easy schedule. They play Washington this week with no chase, Chase Young. Okay, the- okay, okay, okay. You gotta bring up PJ Walker. Like you got this. Gonna on, bring I'm, up- getting I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. They have the Dolphins. And then they have the Falcons again. So that's their next three. Those are all pretty winnable games if, once again, they could get some good quarterback play because that's been the problem. If their quarterbacks just play decent, their defense has been good enough to win them games. Uh, If their quarterback plays horrible and they can't move the football at all, 
they are not winning. It's just, that's just that simple. And throughout the whole season, they've had a very easy schedule and it doesn't seem to get much harder down the stretch. So this is a team that once again, just like, like we were saying the first couple of weeks of the season, looks like a team that is at least a dark horse to make some noise in the playoffs. If Cam Newton could pick up the offense, we know he's going to bring the swagger back, but can he play well enough at the quarterback position? But yes, to your point, PJ Walker, go him, XFL. Yeah, oh, PJ Walker's the reason they actually won the game, offensively speaking. Well, no, technically the defense is why they won the game. When you get three straight turnovers to start the game, that's okay. Crazy. Well, Walker, because you read the two touchdowns, which was like what one, two, like fifty percent of all of Cam Newton's offensive plays. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Walker completed twenty-two of twenty-nine passes on one hundred and sixty-seven yards. And 10 of those completions went to McCaffrey, who finished with 161 total yards on Mm. 23 combined touches. So just saying, if you want to talk about the Panthers offense, maybe talk about the Panthers offense. Cam is a cool story. I I agree with you wholeheartedly that why wasn't he just a Panther this whole time? But, you know, you live and you learn, and where did all your failure bring you back to? It brought you back to Thanos, uh, and there he is. He's back. Everyone seems excited. Um, it's a weird spot if you're a Panthers fan because do you want your team to tank? What are you tanking for? It's not like uh, – well, well, That's a good point that you made. And, and since we're bringing up memes, I, want, I do want to transition to this. There is the meme of the Panthers got a problem here because – they pay Cam Newton's, they're still paying Cam Newton's replacement. They're paying Cam Newton's replacement's replacement. And then they brought back Cam Newton to replace the guy that would really replace their replacement for Cam Newton. So they're paying three quarterbacks right who, now. Who was the first replacement? Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, okay. Well, they, they had to eat his money. Even though he's in Denver, they still basically ate most of that contract. The seven, the seven of the nine million they owed him. Uh, Sam Darnold, they owe him $19 million for next year. Right now they're paying Cam for a year of year's contract that's worth up to 10 million. So they have a lot of money built into this quarterback position and they still don't have a long-term answer for Cam Newton. Cause as much as I said, Superman, everything like that, I don't know. And we'll see by the end of the season, I don't know if you can trust Cam at this stage of his career to be, to continue to be your franchise guy going forward for a team that's looking to win the Super Bowl. Like this is, Again, I keep saying this, this is not a team that's in rebuild mode anymore. They have a good defense. They have good weapons. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey being healthy makes that offense so much better. They do need an offensive line, but seriously, outside of offensive line and quarterback, obviously, this is a really good football team. And so it's interesting. I can't believe I'm saying this. Because you have all this money wrapped up in these quarterbacks, again, Sam Darnold, you still owe him $19 million next year. They probably, unless Cam Newton just completely sucks the rest of the season, they'll probably bring him back. If you're the Panthers, do you take a chance on one of these quarterbacks in the first round, knowing that they're not going to play next year? You know what I mean? Like, we know that this isn't the greatest year for for first round first round quarterbacks but there's still a couple guys that have first round grades per se do you take a guy like a Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or whoever falls to you and say that's perfect we draft him we let him develop for a year or two while we still got all these other quarterbacks on the books let let him develop and then hopefully in a year or two once all these contracts are off the books maybe they're ready to, to play I, I think that's the question the Carolina Panthers 
who going into the season, that wasn't a question. Now it's a legit question because they need a quarterback. They well, I, think, I think it's a question in the sense that you need a quarterback because if you have two or three quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. But um, that's a big question mark on the draft, man. Like when you when we don't have a consensus, oh, yeah, he's the best quarterback in the draft. When you don't have names that are, for lack of a better term, household names, even among the hardcore betters and hardcore football fans, like there's no – fervent fan reaction for this quarterback or that quarterback which we've had pretty much every year so it keeps uh in the back of my mind i don't know i forget which draft it was but the geno smith draft was the last time i remember it like this maybe the carson wentz jerry Goff draft that was a weak quarterback draft they kind of overachieved to where we were actually thinking they would be both of them both carson wentz and jerry Goff overachieved to how excited football fans were that year so and I'm glad you said it because, yeah, that's probably the last really bad bad year for quarterbacks. And we saw how both of those teams ended up moving off from those quarterbacks this year, and they both traded up for quarterbacks. So I think teams realize, look, just because we need a quarterback, do not overspend for a quarterback if there's not a quarterback. So I don't think the Panthers would trade up to get a guy. But remember, even last year in the draft, there were rumors that saying, look, they were at least looking at Justin Fields at nine, even though they had Sam Darnold. So this is not even a question of just this year. They were at least thinking about it before this year. Like, hey, just in case this Sam Darnold thing doesn't work out, should we think about going with Justin Fields. And I, and I think they made the right decision by saying, no, let's get our shutdown corner for the future. We just got to hope that this guy works out and it hasn't worked out. Um, so, but now that they know it's not working out, what do they do? Cause again, I, I, I think they would only do it if the top three quarterbacks are still there. I don't think if the fourth or fifth guy is there, they would do it. But again, if, if, if a Kenny Pickett or a Matt Corral or Malik Willis is still there, you know, they might have to think about it. I don't think, well, I think every team has to, every team that doesn't have a, without a doubt, franchise quarterback should always think about it. But that's about the extent, man. The the Panthers, if they're as good as you think they are, drafting a questionable rookie isn't the answer. And if they are as good as you think they are, then Cam and or Sam should be able to turn into whatever game manager you need. Right. If, if Matt rules the coach. Because right. well, as all the I'm, things that uh, Sam Darnold doesn't, all those intangible, air quotes, leadership intangibles that just come with Cam Newton. The, the, the locker room likes him. They're, they're willing to go to bat for him, it seems like, from a fan perspective. So, and Sam has yeah. the upside. Sam is the one that you can look at, and he has all the future still ahead of him, even though we kind of know what he is at this point. It's kind of sad that he's just known as inconsistent now. That's coming from somebody that – thought the Jets had uh, won the quarterback from the Giants comparison because we thought we'd be comparing Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold for years to come. And now, you know, what a, what a difference a year makes, right? But, no, but I, I think also with this draft class, again, you know, a lot – we got to put things in hindsight. This is one of those draft classes. These are not guys that we think any of them are going to step in year day one and be a franchise guy. But there are some guys that say, well, listen, if you if he does go to a team where he doesn't have to play right away and you could develop him, they could be good. And that's what I'm saying. If you get a top three quarterback in the in this class, a Matt Corral, who would probably fit Matt Rule system really well. I actually more I like the more I watch Kenny Pickett, I really like Kenny Pickett. 
that's just me personally. I haven't even seen a second of Malik Willis, so I don't even know, but his name is still being thrown out there as a top three guy. But that's what I'm saying. Those top three guys, knowing that- hundred, You could have been making up all these names this whole time, and I would be still nodding my head like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's how yeah, no, I, I know about any you of don't, these You don't really pay attention until the draft is here, and that's fine. But what I'm saying is- <laughs> Not until March, bro. Not until March. Right. No, and, and and that makes sense. Don't there's no point of being a, a maniac like me and you know killing myself thinking about it now. But I do think the Panthers are in a unique situation where whoever you draft is probably not going to start next year regardless. So knowing you have Sam Darnold on your books, you probably bring back Cam Newton. You can draft one of these dudes knowing that you're going to have a year of development without having to push them out there. Yeah, but if you need O-line, you go O-line with the picks in the first two rounds. That's how right, it's also a deep, It's also a deep O-line draft, so you could technically make the case, like, look, we'll go, we'll go O-line second, third, fourth round, and we can still probably, you know, get the quality that we need to shore that lineup. But this is one of the drafts where you go one, two. I don't even know if the Panthers have a first-round pick. Um, no, they do. They don't have a second-round pick. Okay, so first round, you got to go offensive line. Then if there's a quarterback project you like in the third round, draft them in the third round. Yeah. Like, like, like it's not, it's not, you know, I don't get why you're going to waste a high pick on a team that you think only needs the, you know, the most important, really. But you have to go offensive line. You have to. Like, that's, it, it's, it's not no, that, a sexy pick. They, no, so draft they, to do that. they need to go offensive line. It's but and that and that's what I'm saying. Their quarterback situation right now, it is so dire that they might have to think about it. And you know, which sucks because you were hoping that if you had your quarterback, you could just go O-line, first round, O-line, third round, and be good. But if you have to, again, this is not a great draft for quarterback. So if you don't even trust the guys in the first round, why would you even waste the pick on a third round guy? I wouldn't even do it. But that's what I'm saying. In the first round, if one of those top guys are still there, you might have to think about it. Because, again, you know you don't have to play them next year. You know, bring back Cam, bring back Sam. Hopefully they can be good enough to get you through a year. And then maybe your guy's ready by year two. But, you know, that's. But we didn't really get a chance to react last week to the Odell shit at all. Um, and he didn't have a big game like you were not hoping for because you were going against him in fantasy. And I was just kind of hoping for it because the Niners are kind of like my love to hate NFC team. Like I never really cheer for them, but I want them to be good because I think that it's better for the league when they're good. Uh, the Rams weren't that impressive last night. They didn't look like the world beaters that talent-wise dictates they can be. But then again, it is a rivalry game, and the Niners need to win to stay alive in that division. Well, really, what, the Rams haven't been good the last two weeks at all. Yeah, but I don't want to overreact to two weeks because if they go off on, on a three-week where they just destroy people, we're going to forget they lost two in a row. So mm-hmm. I don't want to overreact to two. Oh, they lost back-to-back games. They can lose ne- next week. And then went out, and then we'd be like, "Oh my God, they're still—they're probably going to win the entire thing." So I'm not really worried about the Rams. I see some people doing the doom and gloom stuff, uh, like Odell already regrets signing with them and all that stuff. It was one rivalry game, one divisional game where we all know divisional games. You know, no, they, they lost—they lost Robert Woods, who's a huge part of their offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and actually, I think with that injury, and obviously that happened after Odell signed, it makes the Odell signing that much bigger. I, I thought 
I wasn't surprised he went to L.A. I know we talked about the Ravens and the Steelers on this podcast, but part of that was just to be different from everybody else because everybody was saying the Rams and the Packers and the Chiefs. And, and the Seattle. Niners. He, he looked at pretty much a bunch of West Coast teams. He looked at Seattle. He looked yeah. at the Niners. But, I mean, to me, Odell to the Rams was as surprising as LeBron to the Lakers because if you were really paying attention to the rumors, he's been linked to the Rams for years now. Yeah, he's got a house in L.A. He loves the city of L.A., um he's a l you know even though he's from he's not from there he's definitely like an la type of guy that's that's his vibe mm-hmm. um and, and to be honest that's the type of player he is he needs to be in a major major market like new york and like la um so him going to the rams to me was not surprising at all uh i didn't think at the time it was the best place to go because i think he would have been just a guy in that system but with robert woods out now he's legit their number two maybe depending on how they use him well no the way they use cooper cup he'll never be a number one but he's going to be legit their number two for sure so i it turned out to be a good destination unfortunately for the wrong reasons yeah but you know we can't overreact to one game especially the first games of a rivalry game like that right now as we record the cardinals still sit on top of the west at eight and two the rams are seven and three the 49ers are four and five and they're not dead yet, but four and five, they're not dead yet. So you got to give them some kind of credit. And there we have the Seahawks at the basement of the West at three and six. And for the first time in Russell Wilson's decade long career, he got shut out yes, or two days ago, which is damn. That uh, is the, you know, the ghost of the Legion of boom out there in Seattle, the day that the, the glory days it's far from Russell Wilson's fault that they're not as good as they used to be. I'm not even trying to make it sound like, oh, that's what you get for choosing the quarterback over the rest of the team because it's not like that team would still be there right now. But, wow, I just didn't think they would be the ones at the bottom a couple of weeks ago when we were doing the pretender contender thing, uh, which we should re- revisit soon because – couple of our contenders look good. A couple of our contenders were definitely pretenders. And, <laughs> and I don't know, man, like – this is one of those weeks where it's not like you said uh, before we, we came on. It's a lot of stories going on right now. We are in the thick of the season, and the Titans are still top of the AFC. The Bucks just lost. You know what I mean? Like it feels like anybody can win the chip this year in a way it hasn't felt in a very long time. Oh, and just to keep our consistency with our divisional favoritism on this pod. The Browns got their ass kicked by Bill Belichick and the Pats. What was it, 45 to 7? Mm-hmm. And Baker Mayfield, for another week where the, his defenders can try to sound smarter than everybody and, and his haters can just sit back and say, all we did was game plan for him to beat us within the air. And for somebody that, as a Giants fan, has to always defend the sixth overall draft pick, when you draft the first quarterback overall in the draft, first pick overall in the draft, and he can't win you a game in, with his arm, stop giving us Giants fans shit for drafting a running back. Just saying, because you drafted a quarterback and apparently he can't throw you into a win. So um, that's my personal over, little bias when guys, I hear over guys like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah, Lamar Jackson, the other running back, you shouldn't take that high. That's one an MVP and is uh, in the division with Baker Mayfield. You're right. 
because running backs don't matter. That's why when the Browns lost their two running backs, they got their ass whipped like that. Right. Although, although they are, um, although, uh, you know, they lost to the Dolphins and we said it last pod, this is a team that's always coming back this year. And we didn't know if it was luck or we didn't know if it was something that uh, they were just that good. But I wasn't surprised by that. When you're always spending that energy to try to come back every single week and then you got to turn around and do it again on a Thursday night, you're going to have nights like that where you just don't have it. But they, I think the running backs injuries are starting to really wear off on them. They just released Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, uh, what's happening today? Um, you know, the defense is not what, the, what it used to be. And so this is a team that's literally every every week is asking Lamar Jackson to just be MVP, and that's just not fair. You know I mean, mean and he's in the running because yeah, as, yeah. as of this recording, the Ravens, top of the north, six and three. Your Steelers, which we'll get into in a second. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to in a second. Quite um, interesting. At the second in the division, five, three, and one. And then you got the Bengals at five and four, and then the Browns at five and five. Once again, what a weird era of football we're in when we're giving shit to the Browns for being the bottom of the of the AFC North at 500. Like mm-hmm. it's not like they're trash; they're far from a trash team. But it's just what a what a weird weird season this is shaping out to be. Yeah, and and yeah, to your point, he has been MVP season. He was probably in the top two before Thursday, and he probably still is in the top two after this week because Tom Brady, who was also in the top two, he had a bad game. So they're probably still right where they are in terms of uh, MVP race. But, again, that's just not fair. Football is a team game. I know we give all the quarterbacks all the the love and praise as we should because they do so much. But when you can't defend and you don't have wide receivers and now you don't even have the run game that you used to have, you can't ask one guy to basically just do everything. Right? That's every single time. Like I said, they, they well, me and my dad looked at their record. Like, they could easily be, like, two and seven right now. But that's like, a different, That's what makes an MVP. That's what yeah. me and you were discussing. And I don't even think it was on the pod. I think we were just talking um, about why I'd never considered Carson Wentz an MVP. Like, oh, well, he was that season. No, he wasn't because the team was just as good without him. Like that's that's the, that's what the whole award is most valuable player. And if you take Carson Wentz off the Eagles that year, they win the chip. You take Lamar Jackson off the Ravens this year, they're the Lions. Like that's the difference. That's all I'm saying. Like you you replace Jameis Winston, who is good, with with Tom Brady, who is that much better, and they won a chip. So the, that's the difference between MVP and just okay and good. Because people Very say, true. "Oh, Carson once had that MVP season." Well, did he? Because when he w- went out, that team still won it all without him. The biggest games of the season, he was not part of. So you can you can give him credit; he helped get him there. But that's not what an MVP is. And to my point, Lamar Jackson, if he's not the quarterback of the Ravens, the Ravens are with the Lions looking at quarter, not quarterbacks, looking at whatever they need because they're going to be tip-picking in the top five. So that's the difference between what it's MVP. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. And and, and, and the Ravens are the Ravens. They haven't sucked at all. Like, like, like. It, it, it's it's a moot point and props to the, the Steelers because I thought this was going to be their worst season of the Tom, uh, the Mike Tomlin era. And here we are. The only reason you're not six and three is because you, you, there's a draw. <laughs> How'd you draw? Can you explain this to me? I did well, not see this game. Before, well, before I move on to the Steelers, because 
No, no, I want to know. You're wearing your Steelers jersey, your Steelers hoodie. So, well, before I, I put a last little bullet point on the Ravens, like I said last week, as as many as the injuries as they have, they still got their main three. They got their quarterback, they got their coach, and they got their kicker. And they they believe in those three guys, and because of that, they will they will be in every single game that they play. It's a matter of can they pull it out with a W or not. So and and that's really what it that's really what it you know comes down to. But again, you can't keep relying on uh, Lamar Jackson and Justin Tucker to just win you games every single night with every single week with no help. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. It's going to be an interesting race. The Steelers might have messed around and tied their last winnable game of the season. They have the hardest record in the NFL going forward. They had the fourth highest record in the NFL going uh, coming into Sunday. That's because they played the winless Lions. And guess what? The Lions are still winless, but we did not get the W. And here's the issue that I have. The Steelers need a fucking quarterback. Sorry, Dad, for cursing, but my God, Mason Rudolph is horrible. He's horrible. When I honestly would have, the tie is better than the loss because that might actually help us going forward. I think I think we've actually won our division that way. Well, a couple years ago, um, we also lost our division a couple years uh, a few years ago back when we tied with the Browns week one. I remember that. Had we just won that game, we would have won the division and made the playoffs. I mean, we ended up missing the playoffs. Um, so the tie may help us, may not. When we heard that Ben Roethlisberger was out late Saturday night, I knew this was going to be bad. I said, damn, not this game. All right, any other week, I would have been okay with it because it's like it's a game we could lose anyway. Not against the Lions. We needed to win this game. And sure enough, Mason Rudolph, I mean, he he's he's terrible. We had we had that game won five times. I just want people I watched the game. We had the game won five t- consecutive drives. Yeah. First drive, Mason Rudolph on third and three. On third and three, had Deontay Johnson right there wide open. And for God knows, I don't know what reason, he launched it. Like, like just just threw it as hard as he possibly could to a guy that was five yards in front of him. And so it was a drop pass, obviously, because he overthrew him, luckily wasn't intercepted. And had he just thrown it to him, not only would it have been a first down, he would have had way more room to run and we would have been in field goal range. There's that. Another drive. Office coordinator sucks too, by the way. My dad keeps saying this, and Sunday I was like, yeah, he sucks. We're throwing these damn deep balls all freaking game. And once again, we don't have a number one receiver. I've been saying it all year. We have zero one number one receivers. These guys aren't getting any separation on their third string cornerbacks. This is the worst team in the league in the Lions with their third string guys because their first string guys were hurt. Yeah. Their top, two, their top two corners are hurt, by the way. Yeah, Akuda's not there. And I understand Chase Claypool didn't play it. I, I don't care. The fact that our receivers could not even get separation down the field on their third string corners is ridiculous. We finally connected on a deep ball. Finally. And even that was a contested catch. And and and, and I'll give it to him a good throw by Mason Rudolph. 
And Deontay Johnson, in his excitement for finally making a big play, fumbles the football, not paying attention, holding the ball out loose, with knowing that there was nothing but lines around him. There was nothing but lines around him. He's still holding the ball like this, and somebody punches it out. That's the second time we should have we should have won the game. Third time, once again, it's third and three. Or third and five, I said, um, I'm thinking, and I'm like, yo, please just give it to Najee Harris. Please. He's the only person that we trust in this offense. What do we do? We throw it down the field. Ah, pass interference, offensive pass interference. Now it's third and long. Jesus Christ. Fourth time, uh, the fourth time we had the ball, both teams were like, yeah, let's just go to overtime. Like, just just, just screw it. Let's just go to overtime because we don't trust our quarterback and the Lions didn't trust Jared Goff, which is really telling about Jared Goff, who was a former number one overall pick. We get the ball in overtime. And once again, should have won the game. The game was won. 15 seconds left. We just need like five yards. That's it. We probably could have kicked it from where we were. But just to be safe, you just wanted five more yards so that you know for a fact that you're in Boswell's range. And this idiot throws a two-yard pass to our tight end who had two guys crashing down on him, and he gets tackled in bounds, game over, tie game. And I'm just like, dude, I just, I just don't understand. Just throw it away at that point. You could have literally have thrown it away, got another playoff, Got another playoff if you still really want, wanted those extra three to five yards. And we could have easily won the game because I'm, I'm sure Boswell would have drilled it. And it's things like that that kill us every single season. And it's not fair. It's not what we did wrong. But Mason Rudolph is just horrible. And then obviously Dwayne Haskins ain't much better because he can't even get the backup job. So the Steelers, they – if this is going to be Ben Roethlisberger's last year, they needed to use that money, and they probably got to sign a veteran. They can't. They can't draft. They can't draft a quarterback. You got to bring in a Mitch Trubisky, a, a, Mari, a Mariota, somebody like that to be your bridge guy. Like I was saying earlier in the year, I thought that was going to be Dwayne Haskins. It's not Dwayne Haskins. You got to bring in a veteran who you know can start, who you know could play who could be your quarterback for the next two years as you continue to build up the O-line, continue to revamp on defense because we're going to have to plug in some dudes on defense and then go try to get your franchise guy. But it's just it's just annoying that we have a backup quarterback that can't even beat the Lions at home. Like, really? And by the way, you can, we don't even have the excuse of, oh, well, you know, but, you know, he came in late. Ben hasn't been practicing the last couple of weeks because he has the minor injuries. So they're like, yo, you know, the offense just, you know, we'll see you on Sundays, which is why they, they didn't even detect the COVID until too late because he didn't come until Saturday. So Mason Rudolph has been running with the first team all week. And yet you still are not good enough to beat the Lions who have backups on their defense. I, I'll stop hating on Big Ben, everybody, because the proof's in the pudding about how much better that team is with him. Like, I I was just saying uh, to Brett uh, before we started recording about how can we stop hating on Eli Manning because we can see how trash these Giants teams have been and it wasn't his fault, yada, yada, yada. And it's only fair for me to say that same thing about Big Ben because when we see 
somebody that's obviously better than what was a top 10 pick essentially just two years ago is this bad against the worst team in of in the league this season. And 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 the Lions are bad with injuries too. For all the props I give to the Ravens, the Lions are the reverse of that. They're suffering from injuries too. So no excuses when it comes to oh we well we're missing somebody. Everybody's missing somebody right, right. now. Right. And you knew they were going to try to play hard because again nobody wants to go 0 and 17. Like, the Lions have been playing hard all season. That's the saddest right. part about that team. That team has right. hard. They, they they just and, and and you saw it even on Sunday. They I said we could have won this game five times. They could have won it five times. Like neither Didn't you guys fumble it twice in overtime. Yeah, the, the, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The Deontay fumble. And then technically the Pat Fryer move fumble, but I was with eight seconds left and whatever. But the point of the matter is the Lions tried their hardest. They couldn't really do much. It's, it's just this – you can't – that just can't happen. When, you're, when you know you have a hard schedule coming up, when you know that, you know, the odds are against you, this is not – even with Big Ben, this offense isn't that good. Obviously, I think we would have moved the ball a lot. I mean, every time Mason Rudolph dropped back to pass, like your heart, you just hold your breath. You really do. Because every time he throws a pass, it's just, ugh. and his numbers weren't, well, they were terrible. He only threw for like 160 yards or some shit like that. And he had a pick and a touchdown. But every time he throws the ball, you just hold your breath because it's like, oh my God, what is he going to do now? I just, you have no confidence in him, none. And it's ironic. The two guys I trust on this team the most are our rookies. And my thing was, at the end of that game, we had great field position every single drive. I said, yo, bro, offensive coordinator, make this simple. Run it two times with Najee Harris. You're going to get either third and short or third and medium. And then on third and short, third and medium, play action and either throw it to 22 or throw it to 88. There are two rookies. Those are the only two people I trust on this football team right now. Cause I got 18 that can't get open. And even when he catches the ball, I can't trust him not to fumble it. I got a quarterback who I damn sure don't trust uh, without Juju and without Chase Claypool. We are just not, we just don't have the, we just don't have the weapons. We just don't have the weapons. And because Detroit's defense is so banged up, they couldn't really stop us running the football. Najee Harris was getting three, four yards a carry in that second half. So for me, it was like, yo, just run the ball on first down, run the ball second down. You're going to get third and short, third and medium at worst. And then when you need to throw it, nice, safe throws, either to the running back out of the backfield or to the tight end who's right in front of you. And no, Mason, don't drill it to somebody who's literally five yards in front of you. That's all I wanted. That is all I wanted. But that's not what we did. We had him dropping back like he was Ben Roethlisberger and trusting him to make plays when he's garbage. He is absolutely garbage. You're a little so, better, don't you? Here's the funny thing about this now. Mike Tomlin could go eight and eight again now because we have a tie. So that's good. So he, you know, does it, we now gave ourselves a, a, a better chance of not having a losing season. And we probably won't have a losing season because now we just have to win three games out of our last seven, um, which we can do, I guess. Like, I'm sure we can ink out three wins. This is the Steelers. We're not going to back down. We're not going to just fold. But that was a game you had to win. That's probably the easiest game on your entire schedule all year. You got to win that game, man. That that's 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 six wins. You would have been in first place. And now again, three wins get you nine. 
you might if even if you don't win the division, you would have probably definitely made the playoffs with that record. But it is what it is. And and they're preparing for Mason to start again this week against the Chargers. And uh this was a game that was gonna be hard before. If if Mason Rudolph is playing, we have zero chance. <laughs> and right now, uh just talking about how crazy this draw is for the landscape of the playoffs in the AFC. The Bills are six and three. The Pats are six and four. The Ravens are six and three. The Titans are eight and two. The Colts are five and five, something to keep an eye on. The Chiefs are six and four. The Chargers are five and four. The Raiders are five and four. The Broncos are five and five. So you didn't push your, the Steelers did not push themselves up to be in the conversation with the Titans, the Ravens, the Pats, uh, the Bills. And they're kind of going to be fighting with the rest of their division, you know, the Bengals and the Browns, obviously, but you got the Colts who are definitely trying to get one of those wild cards right now. You, you got them with the, the Chargers who everyone is still kind of placing underneath the Chiefs out West. But here you here we have the Raiders and the Broncos right there with you with five wins. So you can't really count them out. Um, I know I have the Broncos. Broncos is one of my pretenders. I did not think they were any type of team to beat, but here they are five and five in, in it in their the race to their for their division just like anyone else because the chiefs have just decided to not be dominant at all and leave the west wide open so yeah and and that's the problem you're probably definitely in at least two teams from from the west you're probably now you're probably getting two teams from the east because the way the patriots are playing i mean that that seventh wild card spot is going to be really hard and you might mess around and have to win your division to make the playoffs. And again, losing again, you didn't lose, but not winning a game against the Lions when that's the only game that we're probably going to be favored in the rest of the year. That's a that's a tough one to swallow, man. If you if you were going to tie, you got to do that against one of those other teams, the Chargers or something like that. I mean, you tie to the to the Lions is, is basically a loss, to, in my opinion. If the playoffs happen today, I'm on NFL.com, so take it up with them if you don't like how what I'm saying right now. Uh, the Titans are the one seed, the Bills are the two seed, the Ravens are the three seed, the Chiefs are the four seed. Then you got the Steelers, Pats, and Chargers. Yeah, which you know, I don't I don't think anybody feels that safe at all playing any of those teams at any point against each other in any round. That's how open it is right now for the AFC. Then on the bubble, the Bengals, Raiders, Colts, Browns, Broncos, Dolphins. Well, I don't know how the Dolphins are there, but math, playoff math with all the weeks left. So, Yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. And and the, the Steelers are – Steelers are interesting because I, I have here, not just with the Lions, but I have here, did they make a mistake in drafting Pat Fryer move over oh, – Hold on real quick because what we, this, what we were just saying before about your Panthers – how do you think the NFC looks right now if the playoffs happen today? Oh, no, I, I said it earlier. Right now, they're the seventh seed. Yeah, but, but the, like the first – the four teams alone are just kind of like, huh. Because right now, it would go be the Packers with the number one seed, the, the Cards with the number two seed, the goddamn Cowboys the third with the third seed, and then you got the Bucks rounding out at four with the Rams, Saints, and Panthers. Like the Panthers, the obvious weak link among those teams, but it's not like anybody wants, you know, like nobody wants to go to New Orleans. So thank God they're going to be a wild card in this scenario. But 
And then yeah. you got the Vikings, Niners, and Falcons again. The math. And, and again, that's why Cam Newton is so big if he can play well, because again, they have a still a pretty easy schedule. If they can rack up and they and they've had a, a easy schedule, like those five losses were so disappointing because a lot of those teams, like I scheduled those as wins. I remember I, I said on the pod, like, yo, real, if they play well, I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers were eight and oh. That's how easy that's not just because I thought they were a good team. That's how easy their schedule was. That was like we, they could easily be eight and one, six and two at the worst. Instead, they're five and five right now because they got zero out of court out of their quarterback play for the last month and a half. So if Cam Newton can rejuvenate this offense, and they don't have to be a top flight offense with this defense, they just have to be a middle of the pack offense. And they should be able to beat these bad teams that are on their schedule. It's just that simple. And it's literally just that simple. And what 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 trade uh draft mistake were you alluding to? Sorry for cutting you off. So, no, no, thank you. So here's the thing. As you know, I, I've been very upset with the Steelers draft this past offseason, although I will say our rookies have been playing well for the most part. Pat Firemuth, speaking of, won us our last two games against the Browns and against uh, the Bears. He's been amazing. He has been this generation's Heath Miller as they've projected him to be. But Creed Humphrey, the center for the, the, for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, according to, I believe, pro, pro Football Focus, is the number one center in the league right now. And for a team whose offensive line is still an issue, and the one rookie who hasn't really been playing well, and our third-round center, uh, Green, it is something that if you're a Steelers fan, you got to go back and say, dang, as good as Pat Frymuth is and as well as, as he's pl- been playing, wouldn't it have still been better to take the center in the second round? Because he was available in the second round. Just, just, for, just for context sake, we took Pat Frymuth with the 55th pick overall in the second, in the second round. Uh, the, the Chiefs, I don't know how Creed Humphrey fell this far, but Creed Humphrey was literally the last pick in the second round by the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I wanted Creed Humphrey in the first round. They got Najee Harris. I knew they were going to take Najee Harris. I'm okay with Najee Harris, and Najee Harris has been balling, so fine. And so has Pat Fryermuth. But this was a weird year for tight ends. Really weird, because one, you had a tight end go four overall. You never see that happen. You probably will never see that again, that a tight end is that highly touted that he's a top five pick in Kyle Pitts. But then the rest of the tight end class was kind of just muddled. There wasn't no clear cut. Se- there wasn't any clear cut second uh, guy or even third guy. It really was how you wanted your tight end. So when I looked at it, I looked at the draft order again. We drafted uh, Kenyon Green, our center, with the 87th pick. But at 83, the Dolphins took Hunter Long, the tight end from Boston College. And at 80, I'm sorry, 81, Dolphins took him. And at 83, my Panthers took Tommy Trimble, the tight end out of Notre Dame. And I'm I'm looking back at this draft, and I'm saying to myself, man, I think I would have taken the gamble that Pat Frymuth falls to us in the third round. Because the way that he's used, I think we would have liked Pat Frymuth more than other teams in terms of what even teams that drafted a tight end. So if I was the Steelers and I had to go back, I might have still taken Creed Humphrey in the third round. I mean, in the second round, 
and just pray that Pat Frymuth fell to the third round. Because like I said, he has been balling. So I don't want to cast aspersions on Pat Frymuth. They love him in Pittsburgh, as they should. He's a Steeler type of player. And he's been actually even better than what they thought he was. But as a team that drafted Marquise Pouncey, who Marquise Pouncey was for the first three, four years of his career, was hands down the best center in the league. I still believe if he was healthy, we would have won that Super Bowl against the Packers. He got hurt in the AFC Championship game. Um, and our backup center was sucked in that Super Bowl. Matter of fact, cost us two straight turnovers. And again, we lost by less than a touchdown. So you do the math on that. So as a team that done that and had uh, Marquise Pouncey for the last decade, I'm surprised that they passed up on a guy like Creed Humphrey. I, I really am. And I'm looking at them. You are, I'm saying, you are the biggest Steeler fan this episode because this is you're trying to find a it's a real Exodus and O's problem and issue you have. I'm not saying that, but it's an interesting thought because it's, a, it's your second round pick. Because you like Najee, everyone likes Najee, but this is one of those you can't do this because it has such a butterfly effect on everything else. So Very if you true. like your third round pick or your fourth round pick, yada 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 changing the second round pick changes the dynamic of the rest of your draft and everyone else's draft. So just saying that, you know, for your own peace of mind in the situation. I no, think, but I think actually, but that's what I'm saying. Even losing end, huh? like, like there's no way anyone thinks that the center that goes at the end of the second round is going to be one of the better rookie offensive linemen period. You hope that that's true, but you well, can't no, predict really- that. Creed Humphrey had a first round grade. I, I was, I was, to be very honest, with you, I really wanted us to, you, you know me, I'm, I'm, I was like, look, we need an offensive line more than a running back. I wanted us to take him in the first round. We didn't, we took Najee. And when he was still available in the second round, I was jumping for joy. I'm so, oh my God, we're going to get him in the second round. This is perfect. We got our running back and our center. And we took Pat Fire move. And I'm like, what the heck are we taking a tight end in the second round for when we need, when we need offensive linemen. And it's not like Pat Farmer was a blocking tight end. He literally was a, not even a receiving tight end. He was a red zone tight end. He's just a guy that's just supposed to put it in the red zone, throw it through in the red zone. He's going to catch touch, touchdown passes for you. That was his grade. That's what he was. And again, that's what I'm saying. It was very specific on the type of team that could have used a guy like that. Hunter Long and t- was a guy that was supposed to be more of a receiving tight end from Boston College, which is why it's not surprising that he was the next tight end taken. Um, so it's it's weird that it, it worked out like that. Um, and you're right. It is a butterfly effect because who knows? Somebody that might not have taken a tight end would have taken him. They might have liked Pat move if that was the case. So it's just weird. It's just weird. But Pat move looks like he's going to be a great tight end for us. Uh, again, like Keith Miller, he might make a Pro Bowl every now and then. I don't think he's ever going to be like, you know, the best tight end in football. And so it's like, okay, was that worth not taking your center for the next decade? I guess that's a good point because you guys, I, for coming from a fan of a team that doesn't know how to draft O-line, this is just something I've done every single year, you know, since the Giants last won a Super Bowl. So that's a decade, people. Um and I'm not even being joke. I'm not even joking. Like this is a game I, I have done every year with other Giants fans, and it's futile. You know, futile. However you want to say it, it's just one of those empty feelings because you 
there's a hole. And you're like, oh, we could have filled this hole, but it's the game of hindsight and retrospect. Well, yeah, and my thing is, I was saying at the time, not even hindsight, and the fact that yeah, that, that, that little. And the fact that that little nugget came out, oh, yeah, by the way, do you know that Creed Humphrey is the number one center in the league? Not not rookie center, the number one center, period, in all of football right now. And I'm like, great. And and I said that coming off of Pat Fryermuth literally winning our last two games. He's been phenomenal the last couple of weeks. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not even hating on Pat Fryermuth. Like I said, I'm, I'm hoping to go back in time and manipulate the timeline where I could get both, where it's like, look, I'm going to take Creed in the second and hope that Pat falls to us in the third. Because if that happens, I'm a very happy kid right now. But that's but that's what I'm saying. It's it's just such a it's such a hard game to play when you're when you're doing this draft stuff, man. And again, Kenyon Green, he's been all right. He's been all right. Our fourth round offensive tackle has been all right. But Najee and Pat have been, uh, you know, well, you know, they've come as advertised. So it's one of those, and I'm not even hating on them. I just wish we could have got them and the offensive linemen that we still desperately need. So, so before we call call it a, a pod today, mm-hmm. there's one more question you wanted to pose, and it's we're, we're switching back to your other team. Apparently, um, what's next for Sam Darnold? Because you want you started off with Cam, you're excited. We're both Cam Newton fans, uh, you know, apart from you know Panthers stuff, but. What's next He's for done. Sam? And, and honestly, that's why He's I kind done. of alluded to Daniel Jones earlier. It's He's a very done. honest answer for me of who effing knows because – No, no, the answer that we do know, Sam Darnold's done. His career done? is over. He's done. As a starter, he's done. His career is over. His career is over. Wow. His career – you know, here's the thing. And, again, and that's why it, it hurts me even with Dwayne Haskins because it's like, yo – Y'all got to understand, man, you'll get a second chance. You're not going to get a third, bro. You're not going to get a third. And and with Haskins, it's crazier because he's in a situation that everybody that is a Steelers – you have literally Steelers Cup at your set because I'm saying this. (laughs) Who doesn't want to see him be successful? Like, if you're a Steelers fan and you pick up Dwayne Haskins, you're trying to ignore all the dumb shit he did in 2020 – and hoping that he's going to be everything he was for the Ohio State Buckeyes, breaking uh, conference records level talent. And he's not – like, you're no fan of Ohio State quarterbacks, but you, you you will admit when the dude in Chicago is doing good. You know what I mean? And I say it like that because he's been a better pro po- prospect than Haskins was for the football team in Washington. And – as somebody that was mad, my Giants didn't draft him. Like Dwayne Haskins, I mean. Right. To see that you're coming on here in another pod, another time where you're just a fan and you're mad at Mason Rudolph. It's like, wait, didn't you sign Dwayne Haskins? And you're like, yeah, we did. Why right. did Dwayne Haskins beat out Joe Burrow in college? Right. And so for everybody out there that thinks that you peak in high school or college, remember that Joe Burrow got beat out by Dwayne Haskins. And not only did he say, not only can I start, Joe Burrow legit turned on something in his head and said, I'm going to prove to everybody I'm the best. Not only can I start, but I'm the best. And then you see you have somebody like Dwayne Haskins, the second, he wasn't just the naturally the best gifted athlete on the field. He just stopped trying. He didn't yeah. want to take that next step. I give Big Ben so much shit. That dude at least adjusts. I'll give him that. You could see him adjusting in the game, let alone over weeks. 
You see him adjust in game to shit. It's 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 sad because these are young quarterbacks that we're talking about. Remember, Sam Darnold is younger than Joe Burrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, so th- and and yet they're twenty five. 24. I think he's still like 23, 24. He's that young. And, and that's what I'm saying. We're saying this for as fans. Like, again, as much as I love Cam Newton, I was on this pod raving about Sam Darnold even last year. Like, and and, and it's sad that you see young guys. Because my thing is, look, I don't, I'm not a hater. I don't know these guys from a can of paint. You know what I mean? Unless I, unless I know, learn for a fact that you, like, do wicked shit, I'm going to root for everybody, Right. It's sad to see young guys out of the league this fast, but this is a, seriously, this is a message to all people listening to this and watching this, like not just in the NFL, but in life, bro. Like people aren't going to wait for you to figure it out. You either figure it out or you don't, and they will find somebody else who will. It's just that simple. Sam Darnold. Actually, it seems like the league, or at least the quarterback position has caught up to everyone else because that's been true for every other position besides quarterback. Quarterback was always the one that got more time than everyone else to develop and just ease into to being a leader and, be, and being a field general and all these other bullshit rhetoric that we apply to that position because me and you have talked about it a bunch of times as fans that there are leaders at other positions. There are MVPs at other positions. There are playmakers at other positions and it doesn't but if you're a wide receiver and you're drafted in the top 10 and you suck for three years you're gone you're gone you're gone you don't get three four five other chances to be the number one star receiver on a team and and that's and that's the thing and especially what's happening now is because there's so many because of the new rule changes and because so many uh teams are using college like systems they don't gotta wait for you and hope that you get it if you don't get it we'll just find another dude and so it's sad to see these young guys coming in and not taking advantage. Of, Sam Darnold had a golden opportunity, a golden opportunity. Again, this Panthers team has weapons. You cannot tell me DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson aren't weapons. Then then they drafted him, Terrence Marshall Jr., and drafted Chuba Hubbard, and they have Christian McCaffrey. And I understand Christian McCaffrey has been hurt, but that's no excuse for the fact that once Christian McCaffrey is not in the lineup, this team can't even get first downs. Forget, forget scoring points. This team can't even get first downs without Christian McCaffrey, which is why he keeps getting hurt because they need to use him 95% of their snaps. Like, like, you can't do that. You cannot do that. And so as a guy who has been rooting for Sam Darnold, even rooting for when he was a Jet, because, again, I understand how bad the Jets are, and it's so sad to see somebody subjected to that bullshit that goes on in, in, in fucking MetLife. Uh, but that – he he ruined. He, now I can't. I can't even say anything about this, Sam. Sam, like you ruined your opportunity. You won't get no one. Can he be a backup somewhere? Of course, he can get a job as a backup somewhere. Colt McCoy just just played for the Cardinals, and that, and he's so bad. The Panthers look like freaking juggernauts because uh, he couldn't hold on to the ball. Was making terrible decisions, and he's like a freaking tenth year rookie at this. I mean, tenth year veteran. No, he's a vet, and he and he played uh, started a couple of games for the Giants, and he wasn't a bad starter for the giants as far as backups go right so, so that's just that's just like it's funny because so, yeah, so, colt mccoy so, sounds like an insult but colt mccoy props to colt mccoy dude got you know, but i'm saying sam darnold could still make a 10-year career out of being a backup in the nfl but his days of but, but at the end of the day he's going to be considered a certified bust 
and he's go and he is his days of being a starting quarterback in this league are over. I really believe that. And how, and this, how do you feel though? Because we're saying Sam's a certified bust. You were on the build around Sam train going into the draft, not draft Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson is looking like a bust. If we're going to have to lean towards, he's looking like the hype or looking like the bust. We have to have one of those extremes 10 weeks know, in the rookie year. He definitely, especially when Mike White, I mean, before before Sunday, we threw freaking 20 picks. But before, before last Sunday, I mean, especially when you got another rookie coming in and looking better than you with that same team. Zach Wilson's not looking to part. And by the way, Jets, once again, know your personnel. You're sitting here taking a kid from BYU from, who's from a small town, lived in a small town, grew up in a small town, played at a small town school, and you're putting him in New York. That's just not smart. It's just not. It's just not. And I guess a lot of this is just like user comments. Even if you think he has all the physical tools, bro, this is a kid who even at the draft room, there was that meme where he's like looking around at everybody else and, and it's like, oh, wow, we're not in Montana anymore. No shit. Utah. Who gives a fuck? Montana, Utah. But I'm sorry to our one listener out there. I'm sorry. Please still follow us. But <laughs> Please still follow us. But like this, like, it, it, that, but that's a big deal. You can't just expect a guy like that to not only just come into New York, but come into a team that is desperate for a quarterback, desperate to turn their fortunes around. That's a lot to ask for. Even with Sam Darnold, even with Josh Rosen, what did I say? Don't take these cap. Stop taking these California kids and putting them in these Northeast cities with no, with no dome. That don't make no sense. Oh, well, I'm surprised they can't play well. Are you, are you, are you surprised? They grew up in Southern Cal, played in Southern Cal. Ain't no, probably the coldest they've been in is is a 60 degree game in, no, in like San- a 40 degree dry night out out in, right. in Santa Monica. And now you and now you want to expect them to play in a blizzard in in freaking Green Bay. Uh, yeah, like come on, man. Like what? Like what are we talking about? Don't do that. And even a guy like even a guy like uh, Tom Brady, he at least played college at Michigan. So he's used to it. You guys are taking dudes that have played from peewee ball all the way to college in sunny Southern One of the Cal- only dudes that, to break that mold is Aaron Rodgers. Because I remember uh, when the Packers and Niners, this probably. But, but even he, but even he, he's a Northern Cali guy. So it gets a little bit colder there. That's what I'm yeah, saying. But, this- but that's the only example you have is because Aaron Rodgers plays, you know, plays in Green Bay, right? And a couple was it sometime in the last 10 years, closer to 10 years ago, when it was the Niners versus uh the Packers, and it was Kaepernick versus Rodgers. That was the build-up, yada, yada, yada. And they were like, oh, can the can the Niners, this Cali team come into the snow? And and, and everyone was like, Kaepernick's from Wisconsin. Like he, he wanted to be the Packers quarterback right, up. That, yeah, and that was that was the, yeah, it was the, it was like the reverse game. Each each quarterback was playing their, their dream team on their franchise team. And and it and it was one of those things like Kaepernick has dreamt about this game in Lambeau. Like this is literally his meant like what he's always put himself in. And it's weird because you don't really see that in football as much as you see it in like basketball where a kid's from Chicago or or the Midwest. So I don't know, man. I, I it's it's but no, that's I don't think it, I don't think it's so much oh the little town oh the big city thing. I think it's the little town big agent thing and getting these kids really hyped up will come draft time and getting them a payday 
No, no hate in my in my heart, man. Good for no, you. But, kids but, getting I, I, but so. honest to God, honest to God, Zach Wilson probably would have fared better in Jacksonville, and Trevor Lawrence would probably fare better in New York. Why? Because Trevor Lawrence uh, played at a big time school with big time expectations. I had championship. You know what I mean? Like those things matter when you're playing at BYU and you're facing God and you're facing Montana State. Like that's like that. Those things matter. Now you're putting him in in the you know New York where all the attention. Like that's that stuff matters. That stuff is shoot. Like that stuff does matter. You got to think about the psyche of what these kids are going through when they're playing and stuff like that. And you're, and not to mention you're playing for a bad team. It's not like you're on a good team that just had a. It's not like you're in an Andrew Luck situation where. The Colts were a good team. They just had a shit ton of injuries. No, the Jets are perennially a top three, a bottom three team. The Jaguars have been a bottom three team. So that takes into account all that stuff, too. It's, it, that stuff matters. It matters. And, and, and it also matters where the college is. They're in Utah. It's not a Montana school. Right. You're in Utah. I don't know why you got Montana on your sites after your, your Steeler rants. But you're like, yeah, Utah's a state. I'm sorry. Wow. I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm not. I, I could care less where they're from. My point is, they're it's, it's at that corner of the map that us East Coast kids always failed on the test because we don't remember who, where, which one is the, is where. Goddamn East Coast elites. Tell them where they can find you, bro. East Coast, the best coast. I'm sorry. Uh, well, you can find me at Never for Brett Me N E V A underscore the number four B R E T T underscore M. E on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at not the Chuck D on all the socials. We're at the underscore dope blog on Instagram at the dope blog, all on word on Twitter, www.thedope.blog. And share this shit. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and and if you're on YouTube, please like, share, and subscribe and join us next time as we continue to discuss other people's excellence. I'm back. Let me take the helmet off. Hold on. Let me take, let me take the helmet off. Get the 15-yard penalty. I'm back. I'm back. Superman. Yeah, Cam is back. I'm so excited. Taking the job from another XFL quarterback that actually should be starting for the Panthers. Well, he sucks, so it's okay. Don't bother me. I'm working. <laughs>